With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 21 years after an upstate New York college student vanishes seemingly without a trace, a new iHeartRadio original podcast sheds new light on the disappearance of Suzanne Lyle. I'm Phoebe LaFave, and this is Upstate Unsolved. Listen on the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you get podcasts. All right, it is the Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie is out sick today, so I'm alongside, how about this, a guest host, the one and only Jason Williams from the Cincinnati Inquirer, making his debut today. How are you? I'm doing great. Much like Ed, I've got a face for radio. (laughs) Although I am much better looking than Ed, so uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And and look, I I mean, this is kind of the perfect day to bring you on because... Obviously, you do a lot of the you know politics extra and things like that with the Enquirer, and we just had a big election. So I think during the course of the show, I'd like for each of us to kind of give our, our big, you know, just kind of takeaways from yesterday. And there's certainly yeah. there was a, a lot of things to talk about. But I want to start Absolutely. with this. I want to start with, with Matt Bevan because – and I think this is more – nationally but if you watch the news uh, here today and you know as, as I was all morning the you know it, the, the talk is this is a referendum against Trump right because this is showing because Trump came down and stumped for Matt Bevan and he didn't win and this and that I, I think that's completely not incorrect and, and I think there's there's actually three reasons right that that he didn't win it had nothing has to do with Trump and, and I like your thoughts on this but Number one, the, the pension issue, right? That that was huge. And, and I don't think it's necessarily the issue. It's how he handled it, right? I Absolutely. mean, pension issues, just yep. like Social Security, right? Those are two issues that I, I fear will never be solved because as soon as somebody – everyone agrees you have to do something about them. But as soon as you try to do something, boom, you're immediately demonized. So you've got to be very careful how you handle it's it. It's the right? classic issue for politicians to kick the can to the next to the next right. term and the next uh, elected official, and then and, and it's just it's a yeah. bad cycle. And he tried to do something about it. He just didn't go about it the right way. It's his tact. It's I honestly think it's his tact that really lost him this election. When Donald Trump himself is saying <laughs> that Matt Bevan is a pain in the you know what right. and is quote difficult, which he said at the rally the other night in in Lexington. Uh, I think that says a little something there. Right. Well, I mean, it's when he came out and and without going all the issues of what he proposed, but he wanted to talk about it was like a non-defined benefits plan, like a 401k and all that, which you know may or may not have been a good idea. But you know, when the teachers protest, he kind of came out and said, well, how come they're you know interesting that people are doing this on a day when they're getting paid? Why wouldn't they do it in the summer? He called them ignorant, which is that's not a group that you want to do that to. Well, right? they're kind of. Touchy, right, and understandably so. And the other thing too is he took it too far. He said, "There's, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically alluded the fact that because the teachers were out protesting and what they call it a sick out, uh, that there were kids at home across the state being uh, sexually assaulted. Right. Um, and that you, that that's never two things away. you want to tie together. Right. Yes. Yeah. And any and any added on to that, um, at one point there was a unfortunately a little girl in Louisville who was killed. And he also blamed uh, that on the teachers protesting as well, not being in school. And it's like, 
And there were examples of this uh, all during his four or almost four year in office uh, where he's just constantly ticking people off for no reason at all. That sounds a little familiar, actually. Um, but <laughs> it just really graded on people in a way that he just turned people off. No question about it. So, so that one was was certainly self-inflicted and probably the biggest one. The other one I don't feel like anyone's talking about is the effect of the Libertarian Party, right? John yeah. Hicks got 28,426 votes. Now, if he's not there, what are most of those 28,000 people, where are they going to side with, a Democrat or the Republican? I mean, that's a pretty easy one. Most likely the right. Republican. And what what uh, Hicks get? A little over 2% of the vote. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the difference here. Well, and he uh, lost by foot between 5,000 and 6,000 votes. So even if he wins a, a, a quarter of that, less than that, 20% of that, yep. he, he gets victory. Yeah, that's a great point, Rock. I was texting people last night saying if this libertarian candidate and then of course i was texting with some democrats and saying no but look look at northern kentucky and the and the margins how how it's been flipped and that this is a big referendum on trump and i'm like i'm not seeing that i'm not no. seeing that right now and especially to rock when uh there were five other uh, statewide office seats up for grabs mm-hmm. and those were all swept by republicans including uh the uh, attorney general Daniel uh, candidate, Cameron, Daniel Cameron mm-hmm. who was a big Trump supporter, a vocal Trump supporter, and he goes on to be, get elected as the first African-American uh, to the attorney general seat in Kentucky. Right. No, no question about that. I mean, Libertarian Party, and, and they, interesting, if you look at their Facebook page, they came out with this, quote, we are always happy to split the vote in a way that causes delicious tears. <laughs> Tonight, there are plenty of delicious tears from the Bevin supporters. I mean, that's. I mean, wow, right? I, I, I feel I mean, like if, I that's your, if that's your goal is to throw up roadblocks, and to, it's unfortunate there are people, as you well know, Rock, having been in politics, there are people who aren't in it for the right reasons at all, or they don't run for the right reasons, and that's on both sides and in the middle of the libertarian. Yeah. And clearly, uh, you don't have the best interests of the people uh, when that's what you say in response to last Voting night's against. election. Yes. Right, right. And then last one, and you tell me if you think I'm right or wrong on this. This is just my opinion. I thought that, and this was just about what, like a week and a week and a half ago when it was in the debates where Bevin came out for tolls, right? Which was kind of odd because he had, and right there, in the past, yep. he was against tolls. And the fact that, I mean, Kenton County is a county he should win, right? Should go big time Republican, but I think they're right there by the bridge. And they're saying, wait a minute now. And, and and let me give them a little bit of credit. What's one thing we always get on politicians about, right? They're wishy-washy, right? They never take a stand. Well, Bashir kind of, well, I don't really know, and maybe it's the people. And give Bevin maybe some credit for at least saying, here's what I think. Here's what needs to be done. But – it cost him. I mean, do you, do you agree or disagree? I, I totally agree. We were talking about in the, in the Inquirer newsroom today about how he mentioned the T word and finally alluded to that, and you did that in northern Kentucky, and that's such a big deal. And I actually think that um, uh, Andy Bashir should now turn around and find every way possible to thank northern Kentucky by getting this bridge done. His dad, uh, Steve Bashir, the former governor, worked really well with John Kasich when they were in office on that project. They were both in lockstep on tolls. Uh, I'm not sure you can get around uh, paying for that without using tolls. Mm -hmm. Uh, But certainly, I think Andy Bashir needs to figure out a way to hunker down and finally push that project across the finish line, Uh, especially – this is a little bit of a political payoff because let's be be obvious or clear that Northern Kentucky just put him in office. They they did, but but here's the problem with that. And 
he is going to be it's going to be total gridlock, right? There's a super majority in the in both the House yes. and the Senate, and so great point. And yes. now you got the Attorney General, who is Mitch McConnell's guy, right? Daniel yes. Cameron like worked in the was he a former clerk? McConnell guy, yeah, yep. former McConnell guy. So I mean, McConnell is going to make Bashir's life miserable. It'll be total gridlock, and nothing will happen. Isn't that wonderful? Kind of like we've been having on the Brent Spence Bridge gridlock. So five one three seven four nine seven thousand pound seven hundred eighteen T one eight hundred the big one. Um, uh, to get your thoughts on Bevan or any of the other election results from yesterday, anything stand out to, to you from yesterday from, in terms of the election? Well, my biggest thing with the election is that if the Demo- Andy Bashir just laid out a blueprint for how the Democrats can actually beat Trump, if they kind of, like I've said, if they get drunk off the emotions of last night and don't really take a deep dive and look at why he won and how he won, he won because he wasn't out espousing a lot of this, this socialist stuff and Medicare for all and Green New Deal. He was out in eastern Kentucky talking to working class people, launching his uh, jobs and uh, dealing with the pension rock. And, and kind of a boring guy, just but just a normal, I think John Kasich said on CNN last night, uh, a reasonable candidate. Mm-hmm. And so will the Democratic Party nationally look at this and say, here is the blueprint for beating Donald Trump or potentially beating Donald Trump, or will they continue on with what they've got? Because um, let's be honest, Northern Kentucky is not going to go blue if Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or pretty much everyone else on that ticket right now are maybe that Biden. Stage. Maybe I, 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 I yeah. think Biden. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly Biden has a great shot. But does he make it through the primary? But if anyone else uh, who's currently on their debate stage is nominated. You can you can bet your bottom dollar that uh, rural uh, parts of uh, this country <laughs> and uh, suburban parts of states that Trump has owned and are going to come back to Trump and stick with him. The question you asked, Jason, was: Will they take a hard look at that and maybe a, you know kind of morph their you know their strategy a little bit? The answer is no. I, I'm predicting right now that they will not do that at all. I have a column coming on com tomorrow uh, about that, not to give away the, the punchline, but uh, I'll give it away. And I said that as well. I'm skeptical whether they'll take this gift that Andy Bashir just gave them and run with it. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to uh, Jason on the cell. Jason, uh, give me uh, your reason on why Bevan lost. Fire away. Hey, Mrs. Rocky. So yesterday I was the one I called you from Owenton. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So I, I swear the one thing I think you guys kind of missed point on too i kept hearing it on the ground here in kentucky was the health care issue bevin mm-hmm. going after the health care attacking the health care a lot of people in eastern kentucky were not too happy with that when it originally came through they didn't understand at first why bevin was attacking it and a lot of them were upset about it uh, you can go on the ground down there and ask them and that's 90 percent of the problem the other issue is i did vote for trump and this is a problem i think both sides need to you know kind of grow up on i'm sorry if he lost he lost i was in the voting booth yesterday and when i went to go vote the one thing i seen was they took your driver's license and scanned it so how's there you know issues with the voting and stuff i didn't understand wait wait wait. so so wait so are you you and are you saying others are paranoid that voting locations are now scanning your driver's license no 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 what i'm saying is he can't say it was really tampered with if they are verifying every single person with their driver's license they literally took your driver's license and scanned it on a machine they had at the voting polls. Right. No, and and and, and thank you for the call. And, and that right now, I guess he is still contesting the results. Correct. This. He is. And uh, 
you know, actually, I want to go back to Jason's point about health care. I do think that is a key thing that Bashir also talked about. He had a thing, what he called it, his kitchen table agenda. I know that sounds a little corny, but when you're when you need to go out into eastern Kentucky in the rural parts of, you know, so-called Trump country, I'm actually from that uh, that area yeah. mm-hmm. in the southeast part of Ohio. Uh, people out there are worried about health care. They're worried about... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jobs and they're worried about uh, their pensions and their retirement funds. And so uh, those are key kitchen table issues that um, people in Trump country are worried about. And if you're not out there addressing those things, they're going to continue to stick with Trump because he is. Right. Well, he is. And if you, have a, if you can be against something, but you don't have a plan for what what the alternative should be, then that's that's going to be bad. Yep. We'll continue to take your calls on this and much, much more. But first, we'll check some traffic. Rob, what do you got? Hi, guys. From the UC Health Traffic Center, lung screenings save lives. If you're 55 or older and would like to learn more, call UC Health at 513-584-LUNG. That's 513-584-LUNG. Traffic is heavy now on northbound 75, approaching the lateral up to town. Southbound, you're busy into the cut in the hill in northern Kentucky, continuing on down to Dixie. North 71, a crowd between the lateral and Stewart. The latest accident is on Erie Avenue at Edwards Road in Hyde Park, and that investigation of a hit skip involving a pedestrian continues. That's on Hamilton Avenue in Mount Healthy between Adams Road and Meredith Drive. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. It is the Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie is out sick. I'm alongside Jason Williams today from the Cincinnati Enquirer. Coming up here after the news at 335, uh, Jason, there was a deal done between Portune and Cranley. They got together and may have worked some things out um, with the Banks project. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, John Cranley uh, bit the bullet and went over to Todd Portune's house on the west side, and uh, they worked it out, and they announced it yesterday, and... uh, it seems like uh, this incredibly contentious uh, project is uh, now going to move forward, and for the most part, I think both sides are, are happy. So the lawyers aren't going to decide, right? It's going to be the Well, that was the problem, I think, uh, from the get-go, is that there was one lawyer in particular who was making a lot of the decisions, and the politicians were being cut out of it. Mm-hmm. And now this is what should have happened from the get-go, is that John Cranley and the city council uh, Todd Portune, Denise Treehouse, and Stephanie Dumas from uh, the commission should have got, all gotten together and said, this is a joint project anyway. Let's make a decision. This is our call on this. The people elected us to be here, and let's make the decision and, and go forward. Of course. And, and, again, we'll talk about that more after the news. But right now we're talking about you know, the Bevin race, and the, the national narrative is this is a referendum on Trump, which I don't, I don't agree with. I, I, for, I think it was – the, the pension issue was mishandled by Bevan. I think no one's talking about the, the libertarian candidate. John Hicks threw in, tw- got 28,000 votes. Those are easily some votes that would have would have gone to Bevan had he not been a part of it. And then I think also, you know, Bevan's stance on the tolls. That's another very hot-button issue that people are, are ready to pounce on. Um, and just in general, I, I, I think people always give, you know, the endorsement of star you – know, when, when a star candidate endorses someone – I think people feel like that matters more than it does. And I'll give you nope. an example. Go back to last year. It was like August of 2018. 
AOC, right? She just come off that big win, and she's the hot thing. And she endorsed it was six candidates, like three from Michigan, one from Missouri, and two from from Kansas. And like two of the six won, right? You know, unfortunately, one of them was Rashida Tlaib, but it never, never. That's my own opinion. But you know, you you would have thought, oh my gosh, she gets behind these progressive candidates, and they will cruise. One no. of them got crushed. Right. And, and I mean, and Trump got behind um, Roy Moore. Right. I mean, there's it, it, I think that means less just because a star candidate you know, endorses you doesn't mean that that star power is going to just shift over to you. People want to vote for a Trump or an AOC, not someone that they may happen to like. Right. It's something political insiders get all giddy about and they slap yeah. themselves on the back about about, hey, so and so endorsed me or endorsed the, the, my, my guy or whatever. The voters don't care. All the voters, the only endorsements that really matter are the party endorsements because that gets you on the sample ballot that gets handed out Bingo. ahead of time or outside of the polling location. So if the Democratic Party endorses you or the Republican Party endorses you, those are the only two that really matter. I, I will I will make the argument that uh, maybe an FOP endorsement also is a big Correct. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, firefighter, you know, may, not, not necessarily firefighters, but the FOP endorsement. Every other endorsement that you hear about out there, folks, nah. Yeah. It's, it does, which, which it does credit, not matter. Which is a credit to the voters, right? They're actually not falling for that, right? They're That's saying, exactly well, I right. like or I don't like this person and, and vote about that way. Right, let's go to the phones quickly. Let's go to uh, Tony on the cell. Uh, Tony, fire away. What's your takeaway from yesterday with the governor's race or other races? Rocky, Jason, thanks for, for the opportunity to share. I appreciate it. Um, first, I, you know, I have to agree. I think health care um, – it seems to be the weak link for Republicans, even even right. though uh, Democrats uh, were really the cause of the costly and significant increases. So I, I'm not I'm not sure if voters have already forgotten the cause or simply accepted it. Um, you know that it is what it is and have moved on. And you know now uh, that's kind of the bar, and we have to deal with it. But. Um, I, I guess the other point is, um, you know, what you were just saying, Rocky, um, you know, everyone's tying this so much to President Trump, you know, mainstream media. ABC this morning was just hammering on how badly uh, Trump got beat and um, and painted it as a big hit to President Trump. But I feel if Bevin had not been so um, – he, he he divided so many people, and you know whether it was pensions, you know the, the teachers, the um, you know the the government uh, pension fund. I, right. I just think if he had not been so controversial, um, with as close as it was, he probably would have won in a landslide. But because he alienated so much of the demographics, I just feel that he you know people felt like. He wasn't necessarily the best choice. I, I agree. And Tony, thank you for the call. I think you're spot on. Yeah, especially an issue like that. And again, I, I, those issues are hard. Pension, Social Security reform, those are immediately turned against you. So you've got to be very nimble in how you deal with that. And I think that was probably part of his downfall. I agree. And I think, uh, Tony, uh, thanks for the call. I think that uh, you know, one of the things that point, you pointed out about ABC, and here's the thing, It's and I wrote this as well about for tomorrow, is that if you just look at this on the surface, that's going to be right. – uh, you're going to think, oh, Trump's in trouble. But if you dig down in and really take a look at the whole thing, you're like, eh, maybe that is more of a referendum on Matt Bevin than Donald Trump. Absolutely. All right, so let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll get the news, and then we'll come back. Jason's going to talk more in depth about uh, the deal between Cranley and Todd Portune on the banks. That and more, 700 WLW. FWeilerHonda.com. 
It's the Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie is out sick. I'm alongside Jason Williams today. So uh, the news uh, came out over the weekend, I guess, Jason. Todd Portoon and John Cranley met. Or I guess Cranley went to Portoon's house mm-hmm. and tried to sit down and talk about the banks. Now, the, the you know, it's, it's obviously been uh, an issue where there's just been a lot of confusion, a lot of people wondering what's going on, how come things aren't getting done, a lot of too many um you know, irons in the fire or too many people trying to, you know, determine things. But so these two folks got together and, and what, what's your thoughts on what happened with that? What came out of that meeting? What happened? This is an incredibly complex uh, deal rock. And I think I've talked to you about that as you've had me on a guest on the show before. Uh, lots of political hand wringing that's involved the reds and the Bengals and the business community and the city and the County and, John Cranley just being hell-bent on fighting this project and people asking why. And there's a lot of hurt feelings. I think it's going to take months to mend those fences, and maybe uh, maybe they never be the same again. That's how intense and complex this project's been. Uh, but what happened last Thursday uh, or last, last uh, mid-last week was John Cranley uh, tried to throw up another roadblock for the project to change some of the zoning down on the riverfront to limit the county of what they were going to do uh, in the future. Todd Portoon comes to the commission meeting the next day, uh, incredibly sick. He's battling um, cancer, Mm. um, but says, John, stop this declaration of war on the county, on this project. And that got John Cranley's attention finally, and he went over to Todd Portoon's house on Saturday, and they hashed out a deal that essentially basically – almost kind of makes it more of a city-county project again. The city um, gave up a few things in this zoning, like they won't impose a non-residential zoning on a certain lot. And there's lot 13 and lot this and lot that. But ultimately, and what the Bengals gave up uh, kind of said, okay, we'll back off of uh, wanting to control a lot of the surface parking. And that's been John Cranley's sticking point is that you're giving away to the Bengals control of surface parking uh, to, a, like I said, the Walmart-sized parking lots uh, that cannot be developed again. So what happened was the county relented on that, and now at some point these lots can be developed on and they can – fulfill the ultimate dream or the ultimate plan of making this a livable, workable, and playable neighborhood uh, where people live in condos and apartments and work there and, you know, stop at Starbucks or uh, Holy Grail for a beer, and it becomes the neighborhood that it was envisioned to be. And I think... Right, because if that is the, I mean, literally the, the front door, right, the, the front porch of, yes. of the city... Why have that be, you know, parking in a big, you know, big lot of, of blacktop, right? Why not have something functional people enjoy? I, I've said this, that it has to involve both the city and the county going about this together. This is the last uh, prime developable land in downtown. Over the Rhine is now 3CDC, the wonderful work they've done there. Uh, they've pretty much, they're pretty much done, uh, at least for the most part, south of Liberty, Um this is the this is prime real estate that is a blank canvas in some ways, and you have to get it right because what you do now is going to affect generations to come, and it's the front porch of the city. And if you mess it up, people are going to laugh about it. They're not going to go like they've you know I've called it a half baked concrete jungle because that's what it is so far. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this was a chance here for the city and the county to get back together and say, doggone it, we got to get this thing back on mission. And I think some of the things they put, it's a little wonky, but some of the things they put in place now set it up to basically get back on track in terms of getting to uh, some of that, that desired development. Let me ask you this. Do you think that, and you probably know more about the meeting between Portune and Cranley, but here's my thought and tell me if I'm wrong. Do you think it took that the fact that Todd Portoon is going through some major health things and he's he's not going to be running again. Do you think that maybe incentivized him to say, look, let, let's stop the politics stuff and I'm not involved in that anymore. I want to get something done. Do you think there was a factor at all? I absolutely think that was a factor. Uh, Todd Portoon has talked about, uh, see, he has now announced. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So he is going to step down uh, from the commission uh, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And he had already previously announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election. But when he announced that, he said, I still have a lot to get done. And by golly, he's locked in on that as well. I, I will say this. I've said it many times. He is a very committed public servant. Uh, there are people who have, through the years have kind of poked fun at him because he's a little bureaucratic and a little long-winded. But, you know, you could never question his commitment to that job. And he is as committed as ever, in, even in the middle of, in the midst of battling uh, cancer and having his leg amputated mm-hmm. last year. He is as committed to that job now as he was when he was first elected back in uh, 2000. And a couple things he's been working on was working on getting this downtown uh, convention hotel done. That is moving forward, uh, working this Banks thing out. And uh, he's also working on he's, – he's very passionate about transit, so he's been working on that as well. And I absolutely think that the sense of urgency for him and people feeling that for him right. has helped uh, really kind of rally around and get this done. Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting, and it was just kind of a thought I had because uh, it, it's just amazing what maybe can happen when politicians, their number one goal is not to get reelected, right, Because yep. and take a stand and fight because – what does he care if he throws up, someone throws up a yard sign that says Todd Portoon caved at Cranley? Who gives a damn, right? That's exactly he, right. He, he, he doesn't care about he, that. He at this does point. very much care about his legacy. No, of course, yeah. Um, but you're exactly right. Who cares? He's he's now locked in, and, and, and the, the Todd who was was going to run again probably publicly wouldn't have said stop this declaration of war, Correct. John Cranley. Those guys have a long history of butting heads. It goes back to when Todd Portoon was elected to the commission. Uh, he was on city council at the time. He wanted someone else appointed to his seat, and guess who the party appointed against Todd's wishes? John Cranley in 2000. Uh, yeah, it was early, yeah, right at the turn of the, the century, and they've butted heads ever since off and on, but I ultimately think there's a respect level there for each other, and I think we saw that through this whole thing. No question about that. So let's do this. We'll take a break for uh, traffic. When we come back, Jason, uh, I will ask to lighten it up a little bit. I'll ask you, cool. how many times is too many times to fail your driving test before you should get another chance? And also, how many open containers in your car is too many before you should get a DUI? So we'll discuss that much, much more. But uh, Rob? Yes, sir. How's traffic? It's not too shabby. Okay.
From the UC Health Traffic Center, lung screening save lives. If you're 55 or older and would like to learn more, call UC Health at 513-584-LUNG. That's 513-584-LUNG. There is an accident on the right shoulder, South 75 at Kyle's Lane. It's got you a little bit heavy back towards 12th and Pike as people stop just to see what's going on. They're slowing down. You're heavy North 75 between Mitchell and the Ronald Reagan, southbound heavy from Freeman to the Brent Spence Bridge, and North 71 crowded between Smith Edwards and Stewart thanks to the construction there. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. It is the Cincinnati Bengals salute to service on Sunday, November 10th at the Bengals-Ravens game at Paul Brown Stadium. We want to give all the veterans, active military members, and first responders a chance to seize the day, Jason. Uh, The Jungle Zone. Seize it. Yeah, there you go. The Jungle Zone will be open three hours before kickoff. We'll have music, uh, food trucks, uh, Bengals legends will be signing some autographs, and uh, hopefully pack the place up, get a nice home field advantage. New day for the New day for the Bengals versus the Ravens. Uh, your chance to win a four pack of tickets is right now. Uh, if you don't win, make sure you call the Bengals ticket hotline at five one three six two one eighty three eighty three or go to Bengals dot com. We'll take the um, take the eleventh caller. Eleventh caller will win a four pack of tickets to the Bengals Ravens game on Sunday. So tough I, ticket to get. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, I teased a couple of stories to you that I found funny. Um, this is in the UK, Jason. So, um, a desperate dad, okay, guys had has a couple kids, um, is upset today because uh, he has um, failed his driving test twenty seven times. Just okay, so rather than rather than go about a twenty eighth, he paid an impersonator to take the test for him. Of course, right? Uh, he uh, pleaded guilty on two counts eventually because the police uh, found out uh, guilty on two counts of making or supplying articles for use in a fraud at an earlier hearing. Uh, and he'll appear in court. Um, let's see here. Uh, 30, let's see, November 1st, a 31 year old was given a 14 month sentence suspended for two years and had, and a 200 hour unpaid work order for handing his uh, provision license to an accomplice to take the test for him. Four letters for that guy. U B E R, buddy. There you go. But like, I mean, how is he even available to take the test after twenty-seven times? Shouldn't that just be look? Maybe driving is not your thing. Okay, there's certain Uber. things that all of us are not good at. Yeah, I mean, so like, like I like I'm not. I would not be good as a, as an NFL linebacker. <laughs> right. So, you know, the coach would eventually say, Jason. Maybe this is I not don't your, even think I would, ever, I would ever get in front of the coach. So. Which is why this guy should not be driving. Uh, now, look, I have no idea where, um, see, in Glau- Gloucester, where is, what area of the U.K. he is in. Now, maybe it's very rural. and You can't, uh, you can't call an Uber. But nevertheless, um, you, know, it's, you shouldn't be driving. That, no. that means that we're just, trying to take a test. Up, uh, and this is in Avondale. Not Avondale is in Cincinnati, but Avondale, Arizona. Um, so police arrested... Uh, a guy by the name Joshua Edwards. And this is a Monday night. Um, and according to court documents, he was driving 81 miles per hour. Posted speed limit was 55. Arresting officer said that Edwards, uh, again, 31 years old, admitted to, quote, drinking a beer earlier that day, which is what everyone says, right? And agreed to take a field sobriety test. According to the probable cause for the arrest statement, officer described his performance as poor. Shocking. Um, officer then noted several other signs of intoxication. Put a test on him. He blew a point one five nine, which is, I mean, that's in the like the like upper past the upper limit of nearly being double impaired, the, right? Yeah, extreme DUI, right? Yes. Um, so there's that. 
And then to top it all off, Jason, um, just to kind of make if there was any doubt whatsoever, the officers who stopped him also said he found approximately two dozen open containers of beer and mini liquor bottles on the passenger seat and floorboard. Does that mean they were half consumed or what what's that mean they're empty? I don't know how you, how do you half drink a, an airplane bottle of 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 booze? Well, but if it's if it's open container, does it matter if you have an empty <laughs> your spot like if if it's an empty can of can that's laying on your seat, does that necessarily mean you drank it while you were driving? <laughs> I think he probably tried to make that case, but when there's 24 of them, it's it's kind of hard. I'm to, not condoning. Well, this it. one's empty. This one's empty. Uh, well, maybe these other uh, 22 of them are not. So, anyway, how uh, many are too many? Is that what you want to know? That that was how many? I think zero. Yeah, exactly. Well, one is too many. Yes. Uh, and we're only laughing about one this because uh, he did not endanger anybody and or kids or anything like that. So, anyway. Uh, there is that. Uh, earlier, Jason, we were talking about uh, the election last night and Bevan. I was making the case, and I think you and I were on the same page that it wasn't a uh, Bevan's loss was not an indictment on Trump. It was more about you know his kind of how he handled, I th- in my opinion, the pension issue. I thought the fact that the Libertarian candidate uh, Hicks came out strong, got twenty eight thousand votes that probably should have gone to Bevan, and then also I think Bevan coming out. Very late after he'd been against tolls, he kind of came out and now he kind of threw this idea out there. I think it's a little bit unfortunate because, you know, I think we should reward politicians for taking a stand on stuff, even if they're wrong. But because Bashir was like, well, I don't know. And, you know, it's kind of wishy-washy, which I didn't love. But, you know, I guess it shows you what uh, you know, having an idea and standing for it. Can, can, I add a bullet, can I add a bullet point? Yeah, throw it. The guy's last name is Bashir as well. as His father, uh, Steve Bashir, is the former governor uh, who was a very popular governor, a folksy guy, had a little southern drawl. And, but people on both sides really like Steve Bashir. So you cannot under – I know a lot of people aren't talking about that, but you can't underestimate that name ID. That's a name that's been in Kentucky for a long, long time. And you see that on there. That's a familiar name. And then you start to think, like, man, this Bevan guy, I don't know about him. I'll go with the safe guy. We know yeah. Bashir name. We're going to go with it. And it's funny you say that because I think, you know, you and I are kind of in the business and, and follow this stuff daily, as, as do a lot of people. So we know the issues. We know the names. We know how the candidates stand on the issues, all that. The average person does not. I mean, take – and I always laugh at this. Like, take, you know, cable news. Now, everyone think a lot of folks think everyone's watching Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. It's like 5 million people combined yeah. a night. The network news shows are like 14 million. This is in a nation of like 350 million people, which yep. means most people are not paying one damn bit of attention. So to your point, scary, but they, no, they show right. up, oh, okay, I should, it's voting day, I should go in and vote, and don't know much, right? But oh, I know, Bashir, I, I've heard that name before. My mom used to talk about whatever it is. and So many that. people vote by a name that's familiar to them, or I tell you, Irish names are incredibly popular. Uh, there was a guy actually on the ballot here in Hamilton County, a uh, municipal court judge. He did not win, uh, but his name was John Kennedy. You don't get much better of a ballot name than that. <laughs> was his middle name like Frank or Fitzgerald I, I, even? He, no. he did not have his middle initial, but if he had the F as his middle name or middle initial, he should have gone with it. That's funny. Uh, let's quickly go to a call. Jimmy, you've been waiting a while on Northside Fireway. What do you got? Oh, thanks for thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I really think he, he hitched his wagon to the to the Trump mobile, and people didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I know, Jimmy. I, I'm making the case that 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 wasn't the main factor at all. Yeah, I know, no, 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 no. he, he made a lot of teachers mad. 
Correct. I'm guessing every single teacher and their spouse and friends and all that relatives went out and voted. He made the coal miners mad, mm-hmm. and then the farmers. I mean, the farmers took such a big hit from the tariffs. Now, maybe not so much in Kentucky, but everywhere else. I, I, I agree on that, and, and, and Jimmy, thanks for the call. But I don't, I don't think him, the, him, the stance he took on the teachers had nothing to do with with, with Trump. No, I am of I am, I'm of the mind that Matt Bevan is in a class by himself, and I, I know I said this earlier, but I did not see this as an overall referendum on Donald Trump. Now, when you look at the the, the entire country and the Virginia, uh, whatever they call their House and their Senate and their state Senate and their state house it's like the house of delegates or whatever yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh the democrats swept there and so when you lump it all together it's a sexy headline whoa trump's in trouble warning you know warning trump you know trump should be really worried but when you drill down into these things uh yeah and you start to look at who the democrats have as their presidential candidates right now it's really hard Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No to see this as like some, you know, grander, big picture, like that this is a yeah. foreshadowing what's going to happen in 2020. Agreed. Um, let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll get the news. And then coming up next, Jason, a new study is out saying that too much screen time not only is bad for your kids from just an attention standpoint, but also maybe changing their brains. We'll have a doctor come up. We'll discuss that study and more. News Radio 700 WLW. All right, one hour and a hole and two to go. It is the Eddie and Rocky show. Eddie is out today. He is sick. He told me he was throwing up profusely. Hey, man, I'm not sick. Yeah, I'm sick, Rock. I don't know. All right, he's got a good radio voice. I wish I had that radio voice. But anyway, he is he is sick. Uh, so uh, I'm partnering up today with Jason Williams and uh, got a lot of topics we're discussing. Uh, and I thought this was interesting, Jason. A new study came out, and I believe it was done here uh, at Cincinnati Children's Hospital that shows that um, you know basically too much screen time not only, you know, affects your kid in terms of, you know, distractions, distractions and things like that, but actually can change their brain makeup, right? Which is, and look, you and I were joking off air that, I mean, sometimes when, you know, it's you and the wife and you want to go out and have a date or you're at home and you really just want to relax and the kid's doing this, that, and the other, what do you do? You give them the iPhone. Give them the iPhone. I call it the magic elixir rock. <laughs> when you're out of Skyline and the kids are making noise, my wife gives her phone to the three-year-old. I give my phone to the six-year-old, and it's, it's Look, bliss. We, we, we all do it, and we know we shouldn't do it, but we do it because, you know, sometimes it's, you know. But, but again, I think it's, you know, now, uh, and we'll bring on our guest right now, Dr. John Hutton. Uh, Dr. Hutton, so maybe that magic elixir uh, of the phone is not so good for our kids, huh? Uh, it's kind of hard to say, and thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you from, the, from a public library, so it's a little bit of an echo uh, I apologize for that. Let me know if it's no. If you it's, sound uh, great, Doc. Absolutely. Okay. Good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we're we're um, so I work at Cincinnati Children's um, in our it's called the Reading and Literacy Discovery Center there, and we decided to do a study involving preschool age kids. It was really the first to look at how that early screen time affects their the, their 
brain development, the, 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 basically the fibers that connect the different parts of their brain, the wiring. And we found that, that more screen time was associated with, with less well-developed wiring in the brain, essentially. So now the question becomes, how much is too much? Or can you have your kid on it for an hour, but two hours is too much, five hours? What, what's the thought there? It's kind of hard to know. Like, like it kind of comes down to the question of readiness. Like, like I always say that, like, you know, we, we've decided that we make people wait to do all kinds of things, you know, to drive cars, drink beer, sort of, um, and then, uh, you know, all kinds of other stuff. But, but we're having a hard time with this, with the issue of technology. You know, when are kids ready to use it? And what are they going to get out of it when they're using it? And it really changes with, with how old they are. I mean, little babies probably aren't going to get much out of screen time at all. Um, you know, those older kids, you know, it just kind of comes down to what, what are they watching? Who are they watching it with? Um, recommendations for, for kids in the age range of our study, they're three to five is about an hour a day of, you know, non-school watching, but, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of different factors involved, especially now that there are tablets and other stuff that they can carry around with them. So, yeah, Do- Dr. complicated. Dr. Do- were, were you surprised by these results? Um, not really. I mean, we went into it. I mean, there's been a lot of evidence that's been kind of piling up in different kinds of studies that have suggested there's potential risks for language and, and, and attention and, and other, other parts of health. And so we went into it thinking that there probably was going to be something there. I think we were kind of surprised at how extensive the, the, um, the changes in the brain were. I mean, we found really, um, you know, lower structural development all over the brain in, 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 in this group of kids and particularly in the areas that are involved with language and, and, um, and their executive function or their ability to sort of you know, self-regulate. You know, I, I ask you that because one of the things I've noticed in my three-year-old, more so than when my now six-year-old was, you know, that age, is that he's watching a lot of um, shows on YouTube kids that are doing counting and the alphabet, and he seems to be more advanced than the other kid was at that age. And I feel like it's it, – maybe I'm just trying to cover up for being a bad dad here. Or something. <laughs> That's right. But I also feel like he's a little – he's kind of knows his yeah. counts 10 and ABCs uh, – pretty well and i think i give credit to youtube kids for that yeah it's i mean i mean it's, it's tough i mean because there is a lot of good stuff out there that you know that you know that's got educational content to it but it's a it's a mixed bag i mean there's there's other stuff that's you know that we know is is less helpful you know if, if kids are watching and it's keeping them awake and they're not getting a good night's sleep if they're you know you see it all, all, a lot of times you know um and you know family meals where nobody's talking to each other because everybody's on their device and and it just um yeah, I mean, it, kids are going to get good at whatever it is they practice. So if they're watching a lot of TV and screen time, they're going to get really good at watching TV and screen time. And, um, I mean, if you want them to be better at building Legos, then let them build Legos. Um, if they're anyway, but but we know that the kids need practice talking to people. That's kind of how they develop their what? language. Talk so to, young people yeah. don't talk to each other, Doc. Come on, right? <laughs> we try. We what try. do you mean? I <laughs> know. I'm, I'm laughing because I, I always tell the story of. You know, I used to have my training academy, and, and it's like every year it got worse. It was like, you know, kids, when they, they couldn't make a workout, they'd send a text or they'd send an email. I'm like, no, 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 you're going to call me. Yep. And, and that that was like, I mean, death to them, right? Like, oh, I, I, how dare I have a, a real conversation with a human being? What are you talking about? So, um, yeah. 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 The, yeah I, mean, I think I think parents are kind of anxious. They're, they're looking at it like, you know, yeah, what what should my, be, my kid be doing at what age? And, you know, how do I? you know, get the most out of this amazing, you know, device that we've created for ourselves. Well, let me ask you this, Doc. Did the studies show what it is about the screen that does it? Is it the, the blue light? Is it the content? Is it the colors? 
what is it about the screen time that's maybe affecting changing the brains? So we looked at the measure we used involved a whole bunch of different variables. I mean, it was everything from where is the screen, you know, is it in the bedroom, is it in the car, is it at meals, um, how, how much are they using it, when did they start using it, um, what are they watching, like is it violent, is it too fast moving, and who's watching with them, and is the parent helping them pick out what they're watching. And all those things are important for different way, different reasons. Um, you know, there's certain things for younger kids that we know can cause more problems than those showed up in the study. You know, kids that start watching when they're really, really little, um, when they're like less than a year old, that tends to kind of give them some more trouble over time. Um, kids that, that, like, it's getting in the way of their sleep, it's getting in the way of them doing other stuff, um, and, and stuff that's probably not mm. age appropriate for them, too violent, too kind of fast moving all over the place, doesn't give them a chance to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah. Was there something I, I, I read in uh, the Inquirer story about uh, that you, there, you found enough here that you need to do more studies? Is there something in particular uh, when you launch? What, what's the time frame on launching another study? And are you looking for something in particular going into that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think really what we need. I mean, this is really the first pass at it. This is the first study to to look at you know how screen time affects affects the brain in this, in this young kids. I mean, no one's ever really done anything like this, and so. What it tells us is we need to start with, you know, when kids are, are babies and, and just, you know, conduct some larger studies where we follow them all the way up until they're in school and figure out, like, you know, what is the right age when we can, you know, get them using different kinds of, of screen time? You know, when should they be totally off it? And because um, parents are nervous. I mean, they want to do the right thing for their kid. They want them to learn. They want them to be, you know, healthy and, and you know, well, you know, grounded and everything. So, so, yeah, so we just really need to invest in that kind of research to figure out how to give good advice. And with that, Dr. John Hutton, a pediatrician with Children's Hospital, we will let you go. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Doc. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. And, and I would love parents' thoughts on what have you determined is the right amount of screen time, or how do you handle that in your house? Is, do you make certain hours where you cut it off? Do you, you, know, do you just let it go forever? I, I'd love to hear that. 513-749-7000, pound 700 AT&T, 1-800-A-BIG-ONE. We will discuss that. After we get some traffic and weather, Rob, what do you got? From the UC Health Traffic Center, lung screenings save lives. If you're 55 or older and would like to learn more, call UC Health at 513-584-LUNG. That's 513-584-LUNG. There is a broken down southbound 71 on the ramp to 471, and it's got you heavy back to Taft. There's a broken water main on Park Avenue at Victory Parkway above Eden Park. You're heavy north 75 between Mitchell and the Ronald Reagan. Southbound heavy getting by Mitchell, then from Freeman down over the bridge to Kyle's Lane. North 71 heavy Dana to Stewart and westbound 275 heavy approaching 74 from an earlier accident there. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. All right, the Eddie and Rocky Show. I'm with Jason Williams today. We were discussing, Jason, the topic. Um, a, look, or a study came out done actually at, uh, at the Children's Hospital saying that uh, screen time, too much screen time, is actually changing the brain makeup of kids. So the question becomes, how do you handle it in your house, right? How do you, I mean, it's, I think people that say they don't allow their kids ever to get on screen time, A, are lying, and B, I don't think you can... Well, I am against lots and lots of screen time. I think it's it's a cause of a lot of problems in the world. I think you also got to – you can't shun your kids from the way the world is, right? Now, like it or not, the world operates on these devices, so they should have some interaction with them. I don't think the answer is you know, cut them off completely with that, but it's – like anything, it's the balance. And so the question we're discussing here and exploring 
is what is that balance? How do you handle that in your house? 513-749-7000, pound 700 AT&T, 1-800, the big one. Let's go to Amy on a cell. Amy, fire away. How do you handle this in your home with your kids? Well, first off, i got to say there was a great uh, example of what happens with too much screen time back in the 90s, the movie called The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. I remember that movie. That's right. Acting like a nut. You know, the TV was his babysitter, and then that's the way he acted, and there is some truth to that. But as far as my kids, I have teenagers. uh, You know, they're off the screens at 8.30. They have maybe two hours max. They don't have it anywhere near their bed. Um, So it won't be a distraction or, uh, you know, something they want to pick up on in all hours of the night. Now, 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 how old are your kids? They teenagers? are 12 and 13. Okay, so do they have their own cell phones, like their own personal cell phones at this stage? Yes. Okay, um, so what do you, so what do, you do about those at night? Because a lot of times you know, I hear parents will take away the, the tablet, but they're laying awake all night. You know, you see the blue light under the door, and they're just boom, 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 you know, instantly. No, it's been off, and I've checked on them, and if there's issues where they sneak, then they get it taken away. Amy, was this go. was this a hard thing for you to do at first? Uh, was it trial and error? Was it? Did you notice your kids were getting too much screen time? And well, you I implemented had to, this, or I had to get a, a phone for the oldest because of um, you know being at home and watching her sister, all that communication. But I just with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't want them to be on all the time. You know, TV once in a while is fine, but you've got to learn to be able to talk to people. You've um, to, you know, interact with people, you have to learn to come up with your own fun besides playing games and relying on something to make you happy. I, I, I think it's great. I, it's a great example. I'm glad you shared it because I feel like I'm on a slippery slope right now, especially with the time change. Uh, it always happens with the time change. You know, we, my wife and I want a little extra sleep, and the kids are getting up at, you know, 5 and 6 in the morning, <laughs> and it's like, uh, just go get the iPad. And... They're on it for an hour, and we have. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm way too lax on this. Uh, you could call me a bad dad in this area, and uh, I'm glad you shared that. So thanks, Amy. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. Uh, let's um, let's go to Jeff on a cell. Jeff on a cell. How do you scare? How do you uh, handle the screen time with your kids? Yeah, gents. It was a good conversation, I, and I actually had read about that before you had him on. I saw the uh, I saw the article in the Enquirer, and you know we have a six year old and a nine year old, a six year old girl and a nine year old boy, and I think we all kind of fall into that trap of the of the tablet parroting here and there. But what we ended up doing is we've eliminated technology um, all during the school week. So Monday through Thursday, there's absolutely no phone, there's absolutely no tablet. They can watch an hour's worth of television, um, and that is it. When Friday hits. It's like they have been off drugs for. <laughs> it is the craziest thing you've ever seen. Like it's like there's no conversation. It's straight to the. It's straight to the tablet or it's straight to the Xbox. And it's the like fix. okay, great talk on the way home from school. We'll see you on Sunday. Um, but it, you know it's hard because it, I, I enjoy the Xbox. I enjoy my phone, and I think as parents sometimes they look at us. 
And, you know, Bingo. you might be talking to your wife, yep, you're, yeah. checking out, you're checking out your LinkedIn, or you're checking out Facebook, or you're checking out ESPN, or whatever it may be, or your blog, because we always check out your blog. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to say, you know, hey, take an example of us while we're doing the exact same thing. But that's what we did with the kids during the week from a, from a school standpoint. Yeah, Jeff, I like the plan, and I think you're absolutely right about taking the example from, from the parents. And thank you for the call. I, I literally yeah. – I was going on one of my little mini rants at home about this and that, about how, you know, about, you know, people and the kids being on their phone and watching the, my kid likes to watch kind of like you're like the YouTube kids yep. deal. And I'm doing this whole thing about that. And as I'm like on my soapbox, correcting my kids and talking about why is he on I'm I'm scrolling through the internet and distracted. Uh, yeah, that's a, I mean, Jeff totally made a great, yeah. He yeah. made a great point that they mimic what we do and I'm bad about it. Uh, I, I feel I'm, I am addicted to Twitter and I feel like if I'm not checking that at some odd hour of the night, then I'm missing something. Yeah. And it's like, my wife has been on me about like, look, you can pick that back up in the morning. And my editors are great. Cause they're like, exactly. You don't have to be on that thing 24 seven. So, but the kids see that they mimic it. And it, it's, like I said, it's a slippery slope and uh, you know, I'm glad Amy and Jeff have, have implemented discipline and these are great. This is great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take another mark on a cell. Mark quickly. What do you got? How do you handle it? Hey, Rocky. Hey, hey I just want to give you a perspective of a, uh, an educator. Okay. Uh, when you give your kid a phone as a way of shutting them up in a restaurant or whatever, you are classically conditioning that child and in a classroom, it's, it doesn't work. It is really a distraction for kids today, and you're setting them up for failure mm-hmm. if you keep doing what you're doing. No, I, I, so, I certainly agree. And, Mark, thank you for the call. I, I think you are. You are. They are being con- conditioned for, for that, you know, because, I mean, like, like we all have been, right, whether we, we say we're not or, or we, are, we usually are, like you just described. Well, I mean, it, it's just like you think it just should be just like anything else where you, hey, you're not allowed to eat sweets after 8 p.m. Uh, or whatever, and so, like, Okay, you shouldn't be allowed to watch the iPad right. Monday through Friday in the morning or something. Right, but, but I mean, the the thing about though, and all the research and we I've done and the topics we've done on this on this very very thing is just how coordinated it is with very smart people are putting you know, with this with the the sounds and the colors and the how quickly things change and we it's like a trance we all get in you know because, but yeah. it's not accidental right this is purposely done by smart people to make you continue to watch that thing or continue to flip 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 and and stay engaged in that thing so it's not just a random happenstance it's it's kind of coordinated um so so this we'll uh, we'll come back we'll, or excuse me we'll take a break We'll come back. We'll discuss this a little more, but we're also going to talk with our guy, PJ Street, on the top uh, diet and fitness myths out there. I think he's going to break a couple. Uh, that and more News Radio 700 WLW. All right, it is the Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie's out sick today. I'm alongside Jason Williams from the Cincinnati Enquirer, and it's now time for our fitness segment of the week. And uh, to that, we uh, check in with our good friend, PJ Street. And, and PJ, uh, you sent me some. Uh, you know, some ideas today of the top fitness myths, right, that won't die. And you had four of them. And I got to tell you, I religiously do three of the four. Okay. So so yeah. set us straight here on, on some no of these. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So let, let's, let's start off with uh, we could devote an entire hour to this if we wanted to. But uh, four of the most common ones um, I kind of I chose. I get a lot of questions on these things. Let's start with detox diets. And, you know, there's a myth that you should detox regularly, which 
of all the scams and fads out there in the health and uh, fitness world, uh, this is the biggest one. First of all, your liver, lungs, kidneys, and skin do a fairly good job of detoxing you. That's what they're there for. Um, so you probably don't need to uh, drink some green juice or plant-based juice or fit <laughs> tea or cleanse tea or, or whatever it might be. And by the way, usually all those things cost like lots and lots of money. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so th- these things are, 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 first of all, no one can tell you what toxins are being detoxified. The, even the people that make these things can't tell you. They did a study on it. They asked uh, 10 companies uh, that made these detox products, and they couldn't tell you one toxin. Um, furthermore, if something's really toxic, that's a medical emergency, and drinking a, a green juice isn't going to solve that problem. So uh, this is completely unnecessary, um, and people do this because, you know, they'll go on a pretty good food bender for a few days, and you just feel gross. Um, so they, they'll jump on something like this to, to, you know, lose some quick weight. But the second that they, they go back to normal eating habits, they'll regain all that, all that weight very quickly. Save your money. You know, it's interesting about um, the the detoxing thing. I'm, I, it makes me think of I, I covered sports early in my career, and I covered Major League Baseball, the Minnesota Twins for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And one of the guys, uh, he's probably a pretty recognizable name, Terry Mulholland, was a longtime pitcher. And I remember uh, he would come in with this big pile of fruit every day, you know, in the afternoon in the clubhouse. And so I started talking. He's like, oh, I'm trying to detox. He's like, I also do uh, – hopefully I can say this on the air. He also said, I, I occasionally do uh, coffee enemas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what the heck is that? Yeah, so he explained I, oh, no, it to guys, me. Pro athletes do it all people, the time. Do they still do that? Yeah. Yeah. So none of that yeah. – so uh, what you're saying is none of that works or none yeah, of that's necessary. Yeah, if you eat a couple pounds of fruit with all that fiber into a coffee in a mug, you better believe you're going to lose some weight in the fridge. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> yeah. Let's make no bones about that. I'm not saying I'm not going to make you lose some quick weight. No, I'm just saying that it's unnecessary. That's what I mean. Um, yeah, so it's, it, that, none of that's necessary. No, completely. Okay. Just get back. You know, if people would just, you know, number one, get a couple good nights sleep and, and eat some some uh, minimal, minimally processed whole foods, some fruits and vegetables. You don't need to ground up 16 pounds of them in a blender. Just you can have a salad. Um, and a couple of days of sound eating will solve all your detoxification problems. Let your body does what it what it does. So no need for some uh, lukewarm Folgers uh, being put into your roll body. It, roll it up. Yeah, yeah. Put it in the wrong end. Stay <laughs> <laughs> away from that for sure. Um, so, so moving on, uh, here, here's, another, here's another really popular one. And I shouldn't even say this is a myth because we've all been told this for our entire lives by our mom and our doctor that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yes. If you don't eat breakfast, you're not going to lose weight. And this is also um, a myth. Well, and, and real quick before you get into that, I've always been, you know, obviously being in, involved in athlete, you know, athletics and stuff, I've always been taught if you want to lose weight, eat breakfast. If you want to gain weight, eat breakfast, right? You, you know, either you know, by eating it to, to get rid of weight, you're, you're starting your metabolism early is what I was always told. But then obviously yep. by trying to gain weight, you're getting those extra calories in. But you're saying, and for, certainly for the average person, you don't need to eat breakfast every day. No, it comes down to personal preference. Now, in you know, in observational free living studies, people that skip breakfast seem to have a higher body mass index. But when you when you get into really good clinically controlled trials, 
Um, what you'll find is, in some cases, that, is that if you make somebody who doesn't eat breakfast start eating breakfast, you know, they'll gain three or four pounds in a month. So it obviously, as we always talk about, it comes into calories in versus calories out. And, you know, a lot of people don't like to eat breakfast. I mean, I hear that all the time from my clients. Do I really need to do this? No, if, if you'd rather backload your calories a little bit, at the end of the day, if, if you're consuming fewer calories, um, you're going to end up in a calorie deficit and lose weight. So don't, don't, if you like to eat breakfast, that's fine, but it's not going to crash your metabolism if you don't. If you're trying to gain weight, I would suggest eating breakfast, to your point, Rock, because you, you do need those extra calories. So that, that would be my second myth. Uh, and my third one. Well, is, and this one, this one is one that I have lived by forever, and that is you have to have that protein shake. And for me, it was all I'd always heard within thirty minutes of working out. Oh, yeah. And if you don't, you might yeah. as well not even worked out, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when, when you <laughs> when you work out hard, um, you tear down your muscle tissue, and you know the raw material that rebuilds that is the protein that you ingest. Right. And there was this school of thought that, that still is really, really prevalent, even though that the research has now shown that this is this is uh, false. That I mean, after that last set, you better be getting your your jug out and and putting the powder <laughs> in and, sh- and knocking people over in the locker room because you got to <laughs> right now. That's right. Um, but it's more of it. It's not so much this. There's this short anabolic window of thirty minutes or or whatever. Um, it's it's really what research has shown. It's more like a barn door. Okay, it's not a window. It's a barn door, and it comes down to as long as you're getting in all of your protein for the day, which for people that are interested in building muscle, you need about a gram per pound of body weight. As long as at the end of the day you get that amount in, you're going to be fine. If, if you've had something to eat within two, two to three hours of your workout and within two to three hours after, you're going to be just fine. And, and you, you, know, you don't need to have your protein jug in your locker at the gym and, and have it ready to go right when you uh, end your workout. And, and I'm just I'm just laughing because I, I've just I've always followed that for literally my entire you know pre career and when I was young and everything and yelling at people get out of the way I gotta get yeah, home and get, get the protein the shake all the games are, the games are gonna leave <laughs> I would all, I'd also I'd also say that um, this can backfire on people that are trying to lose weight I have to talk people off the ledge all the time. You know, I'll have clients that are that are their weight loss is stalling or whatever, and you'll start to kind of dig in, do a deeper dive into it, and they're like, "Well, you know, I had this 700 calorie uh, smoothie right after my workout." I'm like, "Well, you you just expended 300 in the last 45 minutes. Now you're taking in 700 immediately. Um, probably not conducive to your goals." I would also say the same thing about sports drinks. You don't need a 200 calorie Gatorade when you're working out. Water will do just fine. So all that, all those type of liquid calories, you can you can probably uh, ditch. Absolutely. And PJ, with that, we'll let you go, brother. If people want to find out more, where can they go? Yep. You want a budget-friendly alternative to a tra- traditional personal trainer? Trainer, you can find me at mealplansforfatloss.com or on my social media at PJ Street. All right, PJ, you're the best, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Yep. See Take ya. Care. All right. Good stuff from PJ, as always. Now let's check some traffic. Rob, what do you got? From the UC Health Traffic Center, lung screening saves lives. If you're a 55 or older and would like to learn more, call UC Health at 513-584-LUNG. That's 513-584-LUNG. Still have the accident westbound 74 at the end of the entrance ramp from North Bend on the right shoulder. You're heavy getting by. 
Latest accidents on Anderson Ferry Road north of Delhi Avenue and another on Kinney Avenue at Elizabeth Street in Mount Healthy. You're slow uh, eastbound 275 between Taylor Mill and the AA and traffic starting to pick up. You're stop and go eastbound 275 between Route 42 and Loveland Madeira Road. North 75 heavy Mitchell to the Ronald Reagan then between Shepherd and Glendale Milford. I'm Rob Williams. News Radio 700 WL. Eddie Rocky Show. Eddie is out sick. I'm alongside Jason Williams from the Enquirer today. We're having a good time. Um, coming up after the uh, 5 o'clock news will be our Wednesdays with Willie segment. A couple uh, issues we may throw his way. And it's like, man, give me a full report. Give me a full report. Uh, wanted to ask you real quick, just while we're on the topic of, you know, you know, diets and working out and training all this. I mean, do you? No, you, I don't. You don't? Really? <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to ask You look like you do. I mean, I actually degree. used to. You know, we have a mutual friend, Randy Burning, who is a the best. West Side elder guy. He's made a living out of training people. And it's interesting to hear some of PJ's uh, philosophies because I learned a lot of those things from Randy. And I believe in yeah. uh, eating breakfast and eating a protein bar after working out. But uh, Randy, uh, I'm 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 always in good. I always feel good about myself when I'm with Randy. Yeah, and I don't feel good about myself when I'm not training with him. But it goes in cycles. So, <laughs> yeah, I I mean, look, I Eddie and I talk about all the time. I I usually do um, just enough to. I, I got like three days a week. Just say I feel like my brain is like works better, right? When when you when you go about that, you know, I don't know. It's just, well, that's I'm, more my thing. When you feel good about yourself physically, uh, you feel more focused emotionally and spiritually you just feel a lot healthier overall no question about it let's uh quickly let's check in with uh, abc dave packers join us and dave you have an update on uh that situation that that poor family that got uh, killed down in mexico what do you got Absolutely. Three adults, six children dead. The latest we have is a top Mexican military official, General Homero Mendoza. He was talking to reporters about the investigation. They're honing in on this criminal group known as La Lina, okay? And they are in the Chihuahua State there. They've been in a fight with some elements of Los Salazar, which are aligned with the Sinaloa cartel. Um, but interestingly, La Lina is not necessarily a cartel, but more of a criminal organization. Uh, you know, the brutality of this is just even beyond what we've come to expect from the cartels, although this group, La Lina, has been particularly brutal. What they're trying to accomplish, unknown still at this time, uh, although it's possible in the beginning they mistook the SUVs that the family was driving for um, for, for vehicles from the other cartel. It, it's it's not likely once they got up close that they thought that that was what it was. So were they trying to send a message that they control this region? It's it's still not known, but, I mean, it's an ongoing investigation. And so far, the Mexicans have refused help from the United States. They're saying this is a domestic issue, and we'll investigate it ourselves. Now, one of the issues down there, uh, Dave, is that the cartels seemingly run the country, right? I mean, the, the police are, are largely corrupt, and the politicians are, are I mean, either – I don't even know if they're unwilling. It's just that they can't do anything because they're so powerful and they're so deadly. What is the plan? What is Mexico? I mean, what is the plan moving forward to make sure something like this doesn't happen to either a Mexican family or an American family? Well, the Mexican president is running a campaign of uh, hugs and not guns. And uh, right now that's, you know, that doesn't seem to be enough. So, uh, you know, he's, he's refusing help. However, they're saying it's an internal investigation. But if you look back, 
just a short while ago when El Chapo's son was incarcerated. The cartels went bananas until the government basically acquiesced and said, okay, you can have them back. So uh, in terms of who's running the show down there, I think it's kind of apparent at this point, unfortunately. All right, very good, Dave. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, uh, Dave Packer from ABC. Hugs, not guns. Are you kidding me? You think a cartel member that just blew up a car and raped the women and burnt three kids alive is going to respond to a hug? No, that's a little, little, little too touchy feely. There, you got to be a little tougher than that. That's see that that is something. I mean, that response is something I guarantee you is designed to, you know, appease the masses on Twitter, right? And that's such a good headline. Oh, isn't that so understanding? This leader wants to have you know go peace through you know this sort of thing, and rather yeah. a, a cartel like this, much like much like any evil in the world, must be met with force. That's my opinion. You got to be tough. You got to meet meet it with toughness. And not with, you know, I mean, how, lame, how, lame, empty words. I mean, say what you want about Trump. But I, there's no way he would come out with uh, something like that. Hugs, not guns. It would be, no, we're <laughs> going to find these people. We're going to hunt them down. And, and that's what should be said is you do this again. We're going to hunt you down. We're going to, you know, we're going to bring you out in the open. And that's going to bring you to justice. Uh, I'm upset now. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to Randy on a cell. Randy, uh, to switch gears, we were talking earlier about screen time and how you handle it with your kids. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, you've seen these uh, deals where you buy, they can get four phones for like, uh, was it Boost Mobile? So I got my wife one, me one, my son one, my granddaughter one. Mm-hmm. And, and they, uh, I buy it by the rules. Every night, everyone's got to put the phone in the basket. Before we go to bed, I count them. And this went on for probably a year, and I'd be, I'd be bragging to my brothers, yeah, my kids listen to this and that. Well, here about, probably about a month ago, I was going to get my phone and give it to my son. I look at his screen's all broke, and I'm like, Joey, you broke your phone. And I look, I said, wait a minute, this isn't his phone. I picked up mine, that's my phone, my wife's phone, and my granddaughter's phone, but this ain't her phone. He took the covers off of his good phone, put them on the bad phones, so I saw UK cover, I saw a SpongeBob SquarePants cover, I saw UC and UC. My wife and I, well, that little dirt, dirt bag was taking his phone and playing with it on, uh, in his room, and then he sucked my granddaughter in because she caught him. And yeah. he said, I won't tell, and, and gave it to her. So they were on his phone the whole time, so I thought I was doing a good job. I wasn't doing nothing. So he, so he was, like, pulling the wool over your eyes there, Randy. Uh, yeah, and I tell you Are what. Are you going to stand for that? In my day. Huh? Yeah, I did, a lot, I did a lot of stuff in my day. I took whiskey and, and, you know, emptied it half out and put water in it and thought it was cool. I got caught. Did you punish but, man, him? He, re- <laughs> he really got me. Did yeah. you punish him? Did you punish him, Randy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He don't have no phone right now. There you go, man. Lay oh, down yeah. the law, yeah, to Randy. Do what my mom oh, did yeah. get the old metal yardstick there out. There you go, Randy. Well, pr- pr- I, I, I busted his biscuits, you know, with my hand. But because if you do anything, that hurts. They'll throw you in jail. That hurts you, Randy. We appreciate your call, and and Randy is the caller of the day. That was magnificent. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll get some news, and we'll come back with our Wednesdays with Willie. Seven hundred WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. The governor's race in Kentucky being challenged. This is the 5 o'clock report. I'm Matt Reese. Breaking now. Kentucky Governor Matt Bevan not conceding tonight. In fact, the Republican incumbent is formally requesting an official re-canvas 
and is expected to talk about that right now in a news conference scheduled for 5 o'clock. Only about 5,200 votes separate Bevan and his bitter rival, the challenger Democrat Andy Bashir, who is claiming victory. Uh, last night, the election ended. It ended, and it's time to move forward with a smooth transition that we are here to do so that we can do the people's business. But Bevan claims last night's election too close to call, and he also says there are multiple reports of voting irregularities. Now county clerks will count the absentee votes, make sure all the numbers are correct, and that re-canvas is expected to take place on November 14th. A check of the roads now and the latest traffic and weather together. From the UC Health Traffic Center, lung screening. Save lives if you're 55 or older and would like to learn more. Call UC Health at 513-584-LUNG. That's 513-584-LUNG. Still working on that accident westbound 74 at the end of the entrance ramp from North Bend. Pretty heavy getting by, even though the accident's off to the right shoulder. Some heavier spots elsewhere northbound 75 between Mitchell and the Ronald Reagan. You're back on the brakes between Shepherd Lane and Union Center. South 75 heavy from Harrison across the bridge to Kyle's. North 71 busy Dana to Stewart. And southbound 71 a crowd between Martin Luther King and 471. You're heavy in uh, Kentucky eastbound on 275 from Taylor Mill to the double A. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. It is the Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie is out sick. I'm alongside Jason Williams from the Cincinnati Enquirer. We've uh, had a lot of fun today. And um, earlier, Jason, you and I, uh, to start the show, uh, we're talking about our biggest takeaways you know, from the election. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, you know, la- last night especially, you know, I had a bunch of thoughts on, on Matt Bevan. And, you know, I, I think we were both in agreement that it wasn't necessarily a, a referendum on Trump. It was more just things that... You know, self-inflicted things that Bevan did, but also, you know, I brought up the point about, you know, libertarian candidate got 27 or 28,000 some odd votes. That kind of factor. Things a lot of people aren't talking about. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also his his stance on the tolls. But I want to get uh, this guy's thoughts on here. Willie, how are you? Rockin' Jason, it's a great day to be an American. There you go. Willie, what was your biggest takeaway from all the election results uh, from last night? As our president said about an hour ago in the Rose Garden, it was a great triumph for the Republican Party last night because uh, Louisiana is about to go, uh, of course, Republican. Mississippi did. And, you know, guys, you and I, we don't care about politics as much as we care about principle. That is, there are reasons you get into public life, and it's not because you want to become rich or because you want to become famous. You get in for the right reasons. And when I look back in time in 09 and 10, Barack Hussein Obama campaigned for numerous Democrats in order to flip the Senate and uh, or to keep at that point. The Senate was in play because in 2010 was coming. And what happened is hardly any of the Democrats he campaigned for won anything. His batting rate was about 18 percent. And so far, Trump's about 82. 
Now, by looking at the media, other than Jason, of course, you, you come away with the conclusion it was a great defeat for the Republican Party, specifically Donald J. Trump. And I have the same endorphin feels. My DNA, I kind of get shivers up my leg when I'm in the presence Chris of the Matthews. president. Chris Matthews, yes. That's it. I, I get <laughs> much like a Democrat who's in the front row of the Hillary Clinton party on election night, uh, who was just bubbling with excitement, or those who went to Fifth Third Bank Arena in 2008 to listen to Barack Hussein Obama. I wasn't there, of course. What's his name like, again? Uh, Hussein. Oh, okay. Well, well, I didn't know well, that listening to you. Well, what happened is that there were numerous individuals who thought this is the guy that I have love for and not just respect for his positions. And I, I don't care about someone's private life, whether it's Jason Williams or whether it's uh, Josh Berkowitz or Rocky Boyman or uh, Donald Trump or Bill Clinton. I want to know what they do in office because all of us are sinners to one extent or another. And this guy has delivered. Promises. Now, the problem with Matt Bevin, I spoke today, of course, with Rob Sanders, and I have him on tomorrow, the head of the Kentucky Teachers Union, and, and he didn't play the game of retail politics correctly. And may I give you two guys a little bit of inside baseball? Yes. Fire away. Please. I, I was told by a noted Republican in Washington that, look, every now and then you got to take one for the team. That is, if we enact red flag laws that aren't going to work or background checks that aren't going to work, and, and we placate those who think that's a resolution or a solution to a difficulty. We stay, shall we say, in office to do the more important things that have to be done. And so if Matt Bevins would have said the last few weeks, look, uh, the tolls in northern Kentucky, I personally believe, as all of us believe, that the federal government should pay for those. But if Matt Bevins would have said, much like my friend in Washington said, take one for the team, look, the tolls are something that we're going to negotiate, but northern Kentucky residents are not going to pay tolls. He would have won the election. Now, he may not think that's Bingo. going to be the resolution. But in politics, you've got to round the corner a little bit to stay, stay in office so you can do those things necessary that are really important. And so Matt Bevin was told weeks ago, look, don't come out in support of tolls. You're going to lose. And what happened in two of the three northern Kentucky counties? He lost. And so he was a CEO that ran Kentucky like he was in charge. When he's not in charge, it's better to lead somebody and tell them how to and do the things necessary to stay in office rather than lose and put someone else that we disagree with 80% of the time. Can you smell what I'm cooking? I could smell it, Willie. It was actually, it was, you're exactly right. It was his own hubris that lost him that election. And uh, he wanted to be Donald Trump. And there's only one Donald Trump. And it remind, he, Matt Bevin reminds me a little bit of Jim Renacci, who ran for uh, the U.S. Senate in Ohio, what was that, last year? He yeah. tried too hard to be like Donald Trump, and the authenticity just wasn't there with Matt Bevin. And you know this, Willie. People in the suburbs and, 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 and in rural parts and in the cities, they, they see right through that. When they, when you're not yeah. being authentic, they see right yeah. through it. And Matt yeah. Bevin just wasn't wasn't really authentic. You, you can't be a second Rocky Boyman as a – as a linebacker at saying X, you've got to be the original. You, you can't be someone else. You've got to be yourself. And if you fail at being yourself, at the end of the day, if you lose, you can look, at, look in the mirror and say, you know what? I wasn't playing some role. I was who I am, and I lost. And I'm okay with that. I've known many great and good candidates that have lost office against inferior ones, especially on the bench, whose names I won't mention, who obviously I know the other judge who was defeated should have won, and the judge that won uh, did win but should have lost. And you get what you deserve. And if Matt Bevin would have said, 
I'm not going to be a second Donald Trump. I'm going to be Matt Bevin, and I'm going to do listen to people like Rob Sanders and Damon Thayer and say, you know what, uh, I, I have to round the corner a little bit here, and if I do, I can stay, I can be relevant because Kentucky's a. You can't, you can't find a better economic situation in Kentucky than you have right now. But when I hear the pundits on MSNBC and CNN talk about this is a predictor of what's going to happen in the presidential election, it didn't predict Obama, who won in 2012, because he ran against Romney. And, and, and obviously, I don't know how Trump or any Republican loses if he's running against Elizabeth Warren or someone who wants to impose socialism, because then it's a debate between the shining city on the hill or Caracas, Venezuela, and I'll take the city on the hill any day. Well, and, and uh, I was mentioning this earlier, Willie. I, I think that people, especially media, overestimate how important the importance of having a star candidate endorse another one, right? They think that that is that's that's going to yeah. lead them to victory. But just like it didn't matter, you know, Trump is is a lightning rod, right? But Trump endorsing Bevin does not make Bevin a lightning rod, right? In the same way, right. last year Alexandria Ocasio Cortez pulls off the unthinkable. She then endorses six candidates in a primary. Only two of them won, and the other four got absolutely obliterated. So one star does not equate to another star but although i think we're led to believe well if i just get this endorsement by this candidate then it's smooth sailing but it's not and history shows us that look at it this way in philadelphia on saturday night before the last the presidential election you had barack hussein obama michelle obama all endorsing who hillary clinton yeah and how did that go not well not well and, and so endorsements are interesting they're provocative but it's up to each candidate to win on their own record if you're an incumbent. And Matt Bevin angered so many people. He didn't do a few things right in northern Kentucky. He didn't show up the past year in Boone County or Campbell County. He almost lived there four years ago. Now he ignored it, and he his hubris and is wanting to be Trump, thinking Trump – I mean, if Trump hadn't shown up, I, I don't think he would have lost by 10% of the vote. It wasn't even close. And the reason he got close was the Trumpster. And I, I'll say one other thing. I, I think Matt – should concede and say right now that I lost fair and square. Don't pull an Al Gore and want to drag this through the courts. Ultimately, it'll be up to the Kentucky legislature to pick the president, to pick the governor. If you go to a certain point, it's time to be mature. And unless there's some massive fraud happening somewhere in Butcher Holler, it's time to say, you know what? I lost. I own the loss. And I'm going to I should have done better, and I'm going to help the next governor do a better job. And so Bashir, ought to, I mean, I would, I think Bevan ought to call Andy and say, you know what, that's it. Does it hurt Trump? Does it hurt Trump if he continues to drag this out? Or no, no. Well, well, think about this. Think about a year. Uh, you know, and think about the last weekend in November of 2020. Can anybody recall what was happening a year ago? We no. live in a six-hour news cycle, and so whatever happens in October of 2020 will determine that election. And and what's happening now, frankly, doesn't matter except to have ratings and revenues and keep the populace all fired up. Where's all that matters, right, Willie? Ratings That's and all revenue. that matters. Ratings and revenues. <laughs> Let lives be destroyed. It doesn't make any difference. Ratings and revenues and readership. That's what Jason well, said. Readership yeah, yeah. Willie, that's, that's, what, that's why the headline today is Trump's in trouble. And, uh, you know, well, you, you look at one election or a couple of elections here, and this is an off year, very off year, and it's like, oh, my goodness, they lost here and and it's this surfacey it thing. Yeah. It's this surfacey yeah. thing without anybody really taking a deeper look and seeing 
Well, all, the other five uh, candidates who were on the uh, ballot in Kentucky were all Republicans, and they won easily. Or, or that um, you know that that Bashir, his dad was the governor and a pretty popular governor and a folksy guy and a well-known name. name. Or that there was a Libertarian candidate on there. Or, or that Bashir went out and actually was a normal candidate, a reasonable yep. candidate who talked about jobs yep. out in Eastern Kentucky. Nobody really yep. wants to really dive into the reason. They just want to say, "Oh, Bevin lost, so Trump's in trouble." Period. End of story. Ratings and well, I'll say this: the odds of Donald Trump in July or August of next year picking Adam Schiff to be his VP are about the same odds now of what's happening in Kentucky relevant to November of 2020. It ain't going to happen. It will not happen. What will matter then is what? Tell me what the economy is at that point. Tell me if we're in some elective war, or, or tell me there's some crisis happening like a, a EMP attack or something that Trump has not handled well, that's going to determine that election, not what happened in Virginia, Louisiana, Covington. But, uh, the name Bevin will be ignored in about the next two or three months, assuming he concedes. In fact, the president ought to say, get on the horn and say, Matt, you lost, concede, and let's move on, because the populace would then say, don't be an Al Gore. That, and that's what Trump ought to do. Willie, quickly, want to ask you this. The news uh, broke about Billy Joel is coming to uh, to Cincinnati, and this took like three years to get him here. So I want to ask the great American, what is the best concert you've ever been to? It was 1969. The People's Judge and I were swaying on the top row of the Schmidt Field House, and it was the Turtles. It was you and me together. At that point, we fell in love got married and the rest is history so if it weren't for the turtles that you and the people's judge might not be together there's no question about it (laughs) who in the heck are the turtles will the turtles are the best well i i I wanted i wanted you well we don't have time but i'm going to tell jason off air about the time that you were at maybe one of the more famous concerts of all time that is the doors live at the hollywood bowl in 1969 and you left because you thought light my fire was too long of a song well, what happened is I was with Bobby Arns, and we hitchhiked out to California, and uh, he said, let's go to see the group, The Doors. They started playing Light My Fire with this guy laying on stage, singing and drinking a <laughs> bottle of booze. And I said, this guy only knows one song. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Can you imagine? And I left. Can you imagine that? Willie, well, we, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the best story ever. And it, it would not, it would, there's nothing more Willie than that. And, Willie, with that, we appreciate your time, brother. God bless America. Thank you very much. Thanks, Willie. Thanks so much. That's the story. Still, and is that the one, Matt, where he also, like, when he hitchhiked out there, he got a ride from Elvis? Is that the, in the same story? Yeah. That, that's the other part of the story. I'll have to share that with you next time. Yeah. All right, the Eddie and Rocky Show. I'm alongside Jason Williams, the Enquirer, um, for uh, today, and then obviously just for about another half hour or so. Um, so, Coming up here uh, after the bottom of the hour news, Jason, usually when I'm filling in and, and Eddie's not here and it's whether it's with Rachel or whoever, we do the last segment is called, what do we call it? Our fast break segment, right? Where we just do like five topics that are kind of random, a couple we know, a couple we don't know. A producer has input on some of them and it's just kind of stream of consciousness, like whatever is kind of pops in your head and we'll kind of just, you know, kind of just, 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 just fire away. So that'll be uh we will do that here after the uh, uh, again the assuming the bottom of the hour news. Um, so well, let's um, all right. Let's just go ahead and we'll take a break a little bit early here for news, and we'll get back and we'll do that segment. Does that sound good, Matt? Let's do it. All right, News Radio seven hundred WLW. And now 
five topics in five minutes. On 700 WLW. All right, so we uh, got one more segment, and by the way, it's been been fun today, Jason. Appreciate you filling in. Thought we've had Thanks, a good pal. time Thanks for having me. and a good show here. So normally, Jason, this is uh, something that uh, when Eddie's out and I'm here in the big chair and with with Rachel, we do what's called our fast break. Okay, so the the point of this is we get five topics, Simon will throw them out there, and we just kind of want to stream of consciousness, whatever kind of pops in your head, you know, to give your, your your answer and 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 why, right? So just kind of make it unique like that. So, Matt, with that, let's go ahead and start it up. Fire away. All right. What are you most looking forward to over the Thanksgiving holiday? So this is unique because I will be doing a football game for ESPN on that Friday after Thanksgiving and on Saturday, which means I will have to fly out on Thanksgiving Day on uh, Thursday, so I will be looking forward to Sunday when I can <laughs> when I can get back. When I don't even know when we're gonna. It's like this every year. It's like it's not even like a thing anymore because you usually have to put push back Thanksgiving until like into December sometime. But anyway, once whenever we do Thanksgiving Day, it's it's of course getting together with with the folks, right? And the cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is one of my favorites. Jason. <laughs> Cranberry sauce. Family. I am not looking sauce. forward to the cranberry sauce, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I am looking forward to football, in specific, yes. sitting in Edwards Stadium in Huntington, West Virginia, watching my Marshall Thundering Herd finish off the regular season and hopefully going on to the Conference USA Championship game. How about that? Now, you were way down on Marshall, like, after they got slaughtered by UC. I was not happy, and that was – I very rarely criticize. I'm very, I'm very much about, you know, not – not criticizing your own team or not even talking junk about the op- the opposing team, but I was really I was really you were hot. <laughs> you were hot, hot on Twitter. I, I saw was, it. I was hot. Matt, what do you got? What are you most looking uh, forward to, bro? Uh, obviously the food, but I think this year we're planning on watching The Irishman. Oh, that's, that's on Netflix, it's right? Going to be on Notre Netflix, Dame? right? Be well, Notre Dame game. <laughs> now you have to let me know how. Yeah. I know. I know you're anti Robert De Niro. I was right going to say but... I, you have to tell me how it is because I have boycotted Robert yes. De Niro. I don't know if you know about this, Jason, because I think he's made a fool of himself uh, of late. So, so yeah, it's so my it, own private It hits protest. Netflix, I think, the 22nd. So right in time for Thanksgiving, and it's three and a half hours. We're just going to stuff our face and watch it. That's a good idea, man. Yes. Number two, fire away. Uh, you were talking about off the air, a guy. Um, Got some like a rare James Bond poster for like three hundred. Well, it was like a, it was like a collection of James Bond okay. posters, and he bought them for like it was like three hundred fifty thousand wow. dollars. Okay, right? so so in that light, what collectible would you want to own? All right, this is easy. And and honey, if you're listening, or if my family <laughs> is listening, I have one day I want a a documented Civil War gun. I want nice. a gun that was like this was by John Doe of the Ohio whatever cavalry. And he used it in the Battle of Antietam on this date, Saturday, in eighteen, you know, sixty-one or whatever. That that would be a. And again, it's got to be something that was documented. Used that is what I want someday, and it will hang in my room one day. And you better get it quick before guns are completely banned. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. I think they'll ban Civil War guns. That, maybe. Maybe. All guns gone. Never know. Never know. Jason, what about you? Mine would be a Volkswagen bus. I know that's a little big to sit in your on your shelf, but I'm not. I'm talking about a real one. I've always had this thing for Volkswagen buses, old bus, you know, buses and bugs. Yeah. And uh, my great great uncle had uh, Volkswagen Beetles, and uh, I just fell in love with Volkswagen. So I would love to have a redone like mid '60s VW bus that's that aqua, almost green color, yeah. nice and shiny, <laughs> foam. Nice. Yeah, I don't know where the heck you I travel I'd... around and like you know, insta everything, right? 
I, I guess. I mean, the, the little dinette. <laughs> little dinette in there. There you go. He said dinette. Dinette. <laughs> Mac, give me yours. So the Beatles' White Album obviously was released on Apple Records. There's a certain number of prints out there. I don't know how many. They're actually released on Capitol Records. So oh. it's got a different label on it. That would be kind of cool to have. You'd have one of the very few, like rare prints on the other record label instead of their record that label. would be pretty cool and yeah. imagine pretty pretty expensive. yeah probably <laughs> number three fire away which is worse neighbors or noisy neighbors oh i guess because i have been a noisy neighbor in my <laughs> days in nashville yes. and you know my drum set uh was <laughs> you know neighbors probably didn't love uh so i would go with no, nosy neighbors, and which is why I live kind of out because I don't yeah, usually enjoy you know nosy neighbors. So I, I would both you know hard choice, but yeah. I would say I wouldn't want to deal with the the guys all the time. What, what's going on? Because I've had to deal with that uh, before. You know, people, what's going on? What are you doing? What's up? Not my stuff. Not my kind of deal. What about you? Mine would be noisy neighbors. I can't. St- I'll tell you what. One of my major things that just irks me is like is the Fourth of July, or to some people like. The 30th of June, <laughs> and then carries on, and then Labor Day, and then they expand it out for another August four days. And so it's like, oh, every day is 4th of July, apparently. So I can't stand noisy noisy neighbors, especially those who set off fireworks. <laughs> there you go. You know, you can just shut the blinds and lock the door to avoid a noisy neighbor, right? No, nosy, yeah. You're a nosy neighbor. <laughs> or nosy, yeah. sorry. True. Nosy. nosy. Um, Good point. I would say nosy because I just, I like kind of people just to mind their own business. And noisy doesn't really bother me because, you know, I work weird hours. I'm up late anyway. And if they're having a party, I'll go party with them. There you go. There you go. (laughs) You're just walking on a party. Number four? Number four, Billy Joel's coming to town next uh, September. What is an act you would pay good money to see, dead or alive? Oh, let me give two. I would say I would love to see The Doors, right, in their prime, you know, 1969, 70, something like that. Um, I would also like to see, just because I've seen this concert, one of the best live concert DVDs or you know shows that's that's out there. It's uh, Metallica Binge and Purge, right? Okay. You know what I'm talking yeah. about when it was the 1989 show in Seattle. And if you think they kick ass in their shows now, go back and watch that show, and they kick all kinds of it. It <laughs> is amazing, and I would love to be there. Long locks of hair flowing and lots of shredding, Jason. I would love to be there. I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this. Oh, my God. Uh, my editor, Burl Love, may, may may fire me, and you guys may not have me back. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. But uh, Richard Marks, I'm a big – you guys are looking at me like you don't even know who the heck that is. I know Richard Marks. Yeah, late, uh, ladies, early late 90s. 80s, early 90s. I, I don't know. Twitter. I just – I love wait, Richard Marks. Why? I don't know why the heck I love – because I'm, I'm not a huge music why, guy. But. But I love Richard Marks. I saw him in some. I saw him in concert a couple of years. Ago. Actually, it was my 40th birthday. My wife gave me tickets to a Richard Marks concert. In like like Matt said, even Richard Marks would not want to go to a Richard Marks concert. <laughs> hey, what you guys don't know, you don't appreciate this, but that guy is a great songwriter, and there are so many songs that are out there that that guy writes. So, right, give me an the, example. Take that, fellas. I don't know. <laughs> I've just read it that he's a great songwriter. Uh, agreed. Great. Normally my go-to is The Doors or The Beatles. I've seen McCartney twice. I've gotten a taste. I'm going to go Pink Floyd. I, I have a, a buddy I know. He actually lives over, uh, or he's from Germany, and he said if Pink Floyd played on the moon, he, I would yeah, pay exactly. to go see it there. It's that cool. <laughs> that would be that would be the ultimate. Fifth and final. An app on your phone you cannot live without. All right. So 
just to not say like a, a social media, I'm going to go with my Delta app okay. on my phone because, I mean, that has streamlined everything, right? Because your ticket's right there. You can check in online day before. You know the gate. You know what gate you're landing at. And it gives you all the updates. And so that has made travel, I mean, so much easier. Rather than have to check in and do all that, I can buzz right through the airport. So I, I could not deal without my Delta app. Jason. I guess I have to avoid the social media thing, too, because I was going to say, say Twitter, but I will say the Cincinnati.com app. Shameless go. plug. Shameless <laughs> plug for the workplace. You suck. Uh, actually, I'm just I'm a, I'm a local news junkie, and so I've got my Cincinnati.com app. And actually, you know, while I'm here, I might as well go ahead and say it. I know it's just one, but I like my iHeartRadio app, too, because I can go. take Willie wherever right. I want to go. And Rocky. That's maybe. a way to mend it up. Good job. I'm going to say my banking apps. Because it's made paying bills so much easier to swipe, and it's done. See, I I, w- I get nervous about the online, the banking stuff. Because yeah, I don't know, I like mean, I, you leave it open, or you leave your phone. I don't know, but, but I'm sure it would make it much. Yeah, I mean, nobody has my phone but me, so I don't have to worry about that. But like my car payment, I just go in, I swipe once, and it's done. Like I mean, it, it's simple. It, yeah, I. I, I get and you that. don't forget because I send you alerts and reminders and. So there's no excuse. You're buzzing, buzzing, buzzing all the time. All right, so we are out of here. Uh, Lance is up next. We have uh, three hours of sports talk. But finally, or first, let's get one last check in with traffic. Rob, what do you got? From the UC Health Traffic Center, lung screening saves lives. If you're 55 or older and would like to learn more, call UC Health at 513-584-LUNG. That's 513-584-LUNG. They've cleared the accident southbound 75 at Glendale-Milford. It still left you heavy to above 275, uh, actually toward Union Center. Northbound 75, an accident above 275 in Sharonville has you heavy to below 275. Police activity continues southbound 471 north of 275 on the right shoulder. And there's a broken down eastbound 275 in Kentucky at Dixie Highway. Your heavy eastbound 275 between 42 and Loveland, Madeira, and in Kentucky between 471 and 5 Mile. North 75, a crowd Mitchell to Glendale, Milford. North 71, busy Dana to the Ronald Reagan. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 W. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.